Welcome to Miss V, the Storyteller Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who loves a good story. I believe in the power of stories and how they have the potential to change our lives for the better. On this podcast, I will bring you amazing stories and amazing guests. These stories will make you laugh, cry, think, heal, and in some cases, propel you into making new and better choices. So let's get started today with some stories. This be the Storyteller Podcast. You guys, you know, I always say this, but it's so true. I always try to find the best. I want people to come on that's going to inspire us, that's going to give us inspiration, to help us, to educate us. And I have found someone who is going to educate us today. I am so thrilled. This is a subject that I love and hold dear to my heart. I'm not going to tell you yet what it is, but it is something that I absolutely love. So my guest, Damon Taylor, he's going to tell you a little bit about himself and then we'll get into it, you guys. So Damon, please tell my listeners about yourself. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that introduction. Uh, my name is Damon, born and raised in Harlem, uh, New York City, and you know, currently I live in Darlington, South Carolina. I'm father of two boys, 11, well, actually about to be 11, 10, and 12, pardon me, um, Kenny and Joshua. And, you know, basically I work as a CEO. I have my own restaurant consulting business. I'm a caterer, chef, and also an author. You know, I wrote um, my first book this year. So, you know, um, wearing a lot of hats and, you know, hopefully I'm wearing them well, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely a busy, busy person, but fortunate to do what I do. I'll say that. Well, Damon forgot to mention something else that he, he does, and that is what we're going to talk about today. Damon God. is a genealogist, and, and you I all know I love history. I love finding out how things came to life, and I love learning about my past. You all know, I've told you one time before, one of my favorite shows is Finding Your Roots. I know it's for entertainment purposes, but I love to see people when they go back and they learn about their history. And that is something that Damon does. He finds out. But here's a little different twist. Now, um, if you follow me and you know, I had someone else on the show who was also a genealogist and she did my father's side of the family and told me some things about my father's side of the family. Um, but Damon, he has a little bit of a twist on the type of genealogy that he does. Um, so I'm so thrilled. Damon, so what story are you going to share with us today? Well, you know, I did leave out genealogy is definitely a passion of mine, uh, as well as a profession of mine is developed into that. But it, 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 it developed into that from just being involved with family. So that's the story, just basically a family story. And, you know, growing up, I had my grand aunts, my great grand uncles, and, you know, they would tell us family stories. They would take us to the family reunions. You know, we um, go look at the picture books and, you know, just look at family members and tell stories about, oh, yeah, this is Uncle, you know, Roy, this is Uncle 
you know, this is, um, you know, this is your great grandfather, Doja Cannon, you know what I'm saying? Things like that, your great grandfather. And we just had these stories and it was something that I loved as far as taking time to be with family, but I don't think I understood the importance of it, right? I think I took a lot of things like that for granted. So something pivotal, something that happened that really made me take this a lot more serious was an incident that happened here in Donington where I live and my father's family's from out here and we have a family cemetery. So in the course of me doing genealogy research on my own family, trying to discover more about my personal line and I'm out at the family cemetery, I saw some cousins and the cousins of mine just so happened to be there to, from a cemetery association right, that they resurrected, that our, our elders had um, started. So when I come to find out about what happened with this situation, what actually happened was that a lady had claimed that the family cemetery was on her property. Oh. And her making this claim, she was trying to say that she was paying taxes on it and that she had to, um, you know, basically figure out what was going on. So our family went deeper because they already had records and they went to the courthouse, found the records of the ownership, showed that our ancestors had purchased the property. That actually changed the changed the narrative that was going on with our family church. There was a whole narrative that um the Hoffmeyer family had donated the property to our families. But come to you know come to find out these things were all purchased by our ancestors. So in the course of me doing my family genealogy and it being maybe more like a hobby, it became a lot more pertinent, especially in regards to um, our family and cemetery and the cemetery association. So, you know, that, that, that kind of pushed it into overdrive as well as just things that I started learning along the way because I always had the oral tradition of my family having indigenous, having American Indian history. American Indian lineage. And I thought I knew a lot about American Indian history, but I really didn't. And I started to learn a lot more. And as I started to go down that rabbit hole, it just really, it just, everything about it just fascinated. You know, the way you say you're fascinated by it, I'm probably like double, triple time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, just, I, I love it. I can do it all day, all night. Sometimes you got to step back because the ancestors, they tug on you. And you start to kind of even relive because you're like, oh, wow, like I'm them, you know, like you see how you're them today, you know, but it, it really only comes with knowing, you know, genealogy is the key. So I, I'll let it right there. Well, listen, I my journey wasn't quite like you all as far as the the land and um, as far as, you know, the, the um, cemetery and all that thing. But our family is like your family. We've always gotten together. My mother's side of the family, growing up, we always spent time with her side of the family. Family reunions, we would have family reunions. We, her family was so huge. My mom was number 22 out of 22 children. And because her family was so huge, her, her parents um, decided that they would get together at least twice a year. So we would have family reunions and then we would have our Christmas Pollyanna. And that's when everybody gets gathered together for Christmas. So we, ever since I've been in the world, that is something that we we had always done with my mom. 
But growing up, I noticed some differences in my mother's family because some people look suspect. And so <laughs> they looked a little different. And uh, there was uh, uh, aunties, a couple of aunties and an uncle. And we was like, what, what's going on here? And as mm -hmm. I got older, you know, I really noticed some differences, even with my mother. And so um, one of my cousins, well, she's really not a cousin. She's, she's, no, she's, we call her auntie, but she's really <clears throat> a cousin because she was the daughter of one of my mother's oldest sisters. So by the time my mom came along, that sister had gone on, had kids and, you know, moved. And she had what we would refer to as our aunt, which was oh. technically our cousin. She was raised as a sister and not a niece because she was older than some of the kids. If that makes sense to you, she was older than my mom, my um, my uncle and my next auntie. She was older than them. So we kind of call her auntie. Of course. So family reunions, we're getting together. And at one point, you know, it was really it was really bothering her that um the family wasn't coming together the way it used to come together. And so one year she decided, she said, I am gonna trace our family tree. Okay. And she did that. And so when we went to the family reunion, she revealed about our family. Nice. And let's just say some people were not happy. Some people was a uh, little upset about mm -hmm. the findings because we have been told that our uh, my grandfather, my grandmother on their certificates, it says mulatto. So mm -hmm. we assumed that it was my mom said that it was Indian, that we were part Indian and part Black. That wasn't the case. It was white. And so because the story had went on so long, people were shocked. They're like, what? What do you mean? And it was a great grandmother and not a great grandfather because we just assumed that it was a grandfather. But yeah. it wasn't. It was a grand mother <laughs> and so the family was like what so that kind of like birthed it in me to find out a lot more about my family because they did not do a lot of talking but I was one of those children that asked a lot of questions I will <laughs> always sit with older people and ask questions I have always been that way I would sit with my aunties for hours and we'll just talk and they would just pour to me and I because one time I called and I was like why is my mama like that and she was like, baby, you know, your mama, she's the baby and she's spoiled. I said, well, y'all need to stop spoiling her because this is ridiculous, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I would call my aunties and that's how it was. And then I realized that I only knew about a portion of it. I don't know anything about my grandmother, my mother's mother, because she died when my mom was probably about between two and four. So I knew nothing about her. I didn't know anything about her family. And so like now I'm like, I really want to know. I wanted to know about my father's side of the family because they were, it was land involved, you know, ownerships of businesses and all that stuff. So I got some of that done and I got to find out about my great, great, great grandfather, Jeremiah, who was a landowner, who was an entrepreneur. I mean, I love that. But I wanted to know my mother's side of the family. So that is my journey now. 
And so when I found you, I was like somebody else who has that passion and that love for just finding. I think it gives us such a, a, um, a sense of pride when we go back and we look at what our ancestors have gone through to, to make a, a, a space for us so yeah. that it won't be as hard. Because they mm -hmm. went through some stuff. And I always say, Lord, I don't think I would have made it. You, I was created at the right time. And because back then, I don't know if I would have made it. <laughs> Based on oh, I'm glad you think so. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there saying there's no way I would have been able to make it back then. But I guess, in a sense, if that's all you knew, then you probably, we probably would have made it if you look at it that way. So Damon, when you went on this journey, was there anything in particular that shocked you? Or was there anything that said, oh my God, you know, cause like we're finding out that it wasn't Indian, it was something else, you know, that was a shock mm -hmm. to us based on the stories we had been told. So was there yeah. anything that shocked you when you started to look into your family? I think the thing that shocked me personally was the 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 understanding that there wasn't as many Europeans in certain areas that it was seen that they were that that shocked me. So with that being said, that ties into the white passing, mm -hmm. right? There was a lot of white passing, so that's probably the other thing um those things are probably just as connected so you know it's it's too many moments in history where you know it, it would seem like the quote-unquote white man you know i have to air quote it when i say it because i don't believe in those terms these are terms that we've been conditioned to use mm -hmm. but they really don't apply to any real group of people <laughs> at all so, you know, it's been used and we can accept it as a, as a term. But, you know, again, those quote unquote white people, though, they weren't they weren't able to come in here into America and establish the foothold that they could establish without the help of the first indigenous people that they first encountered. Right. So the narrative that comes in, like they came in with the smallpox blankets and they killed off half. And then they had the wars and then you hear about the wars and you're like, okay, well, they died in the wars. And that makes you start to think, well, yeah, they just wiped out these Indians. And, you know, but when I learned about something that was pivotal to my personal um, family history, and that was a Tuscarora War, right? And that's um, the largest Indian war in North Carolina, right? History. When you look into the background of that war and who was fighting in the battles, you'll see that in like the pivotal final battles, you had 30 whites, 900 South Carolina Indians, as well as other Tuscarora Indians, they allied them and banded them together and they fought against the Tuscarora Indians. And that's who actually ultimately wound up, wound up defeating the Tuscarora. So it wasn't just this wave of colonists, this wave of, of Europeans and whites that came and and got rid of the Tuscarora, or subdued, let's, let's even say that, because that's better what happened, so that subdued the Tuscarora. It was other Indians that did this. Now, these other Indians, ultimately, they assimilate into white society. 
they they now become whites. They pass. And you have families like the Gibson family. That's a prominent one. You can look up a person named Gideon, Gideon Gibson. You know, that's a great one to look up. Gideon Gibson, Darlington, South Carolina. He, um, the family passed as white, but they also were brought up, um, they had something called the Negro Act here in South Carolina where they would execute someone basically if they found out that they were a, a Negro and they were going to use this act to execute um, Gideon Gibson. But he took, you know, the the pretty much the state house to, to task and was like, well, look, I have as much British ancestry as you because there was a mixed ancestry that would come with these American Indians that were fighting alongside the British or fighting alongside the French or fighting alongside the Spanish. So it's just, I think that was the part, again, that was the most shocking was really learning how these terms were used. Also, again, learning that there just weren't as many Europeans and weren't as many whites here to begin with as it may have seemed. I, I think that's the biggest shocker. You know what I'm saying? Honestly. What do you... Well, do you think the reason why we think it's so many is because of the way history was recorded? Because it does reflect that when went overall. The only way we would know these things is from people like you and historians and genealogy and all that that goes back and actually really look at it. But for someone like me, um, just overall being taught in school or being taught, it appears that way it appears yes. as though you know the um whites came in they took over the land um they turned on the indians and then you know they brought the slaves over and the slaves started to to, to do all these things but that's what we've been told that's the things that we've been taught those are the things that we've seen so how how does media play a part in shaping the narrative? I mean, how does it, you know, with our races and classes and all that, how does, how do you think that plays a part? It, it plays the largest part. Definitely. The movies, the depictions, you know, um, there's a person named Iron Eyes Cody, right? So I don't know if you're familiar. They had the crying, the crying Indian and they threw out, um, you know, trash on the ground and had the Indian that he was sitting there, standing there, he had a tear fall from his eye. I don't know if you ever saw a commercial that they had on TV with this Indian. He he he, he went around, um, Jimmy Carter, you know, took him around. This, this guy is not American Indian at all. On no part of his lineage, his mother, his father, his family is from Italy. He's Sicilian from Italy. Wow. And this is a person along with others, because have you ever heard of the term spaghetti Western? I had to learn to see. And don't get me wrong. I don't want because that's the thing. I don't want anybody else who's listening to think like I just came out. I'm just some type of guru. No, I had to reeducate myself. I had to reeducate myself. I learned the same indoctrinated things that you did because my family, my mother told me one of the first things I can remember. My mom said, you had that red complexion like an Indian. That's what she told me, but like I was like first memory. I might have been like four or five or something like that. You get what I'm saying? So I didn't learn about being black and all this until society. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I had to learn this outside. So I had to re-educate myself. But when it comes to like stuff like, okay, if 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 you're gonna look at the 
America, it's, it's, it's so much that you have to re-educate yourself with. Because the first thing is that they, they have things like spaghetti westerns, right? Thank you. I, I almost lost my thought. Spaghetti westerns. If you're familiar with that term, I always heard it. Like, what's a spaghetti western? I didn't get it. What's a spaghetti western? Somebody explained it to me. He said they called it spaghetti westerns because they had Italians playing all the actors. <laughs> and that's wow. a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. If you look up these old western movies that we was watching, they were all Italian actors that played in the movie. The original Django if you look back at like a movie like that, they had a, a quote unquote white guy, blonde hair playing Django. This guy, I think his name is Nero is his last name, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Nero. But he played the original Django. Okay, so think about that even. Like pale guy, yeah. white guy playing the original Django. But he was Italian, along with the rest of the other actors and cast because that is who portrayed those movies, was Italians. It was never the actual American Indians, not never, but rarely, if ever, mm -hmm. the actual American Indians. So now when you go and you take a look at, let's just take all of the American Indian tribes up and down the, the, the East Coast, right? So the North and the Southeast, it's the Pequot, the Shinnecocks, the Pamunkey, the um, Lumbee, right? You go through all of these um, people, they're not being represented. You know, you're getting people mm -hmm. that's not even from America representing who these people are. And then they might take another person who's labeled Black, who actually has the lineage. Let's take like a Della Reese, for example, somebody like that, for example, and cast her as African slave or something like that, the Negro slave. And, and see what I'm saying? So now these images, the media, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's by far the worst. It's by far the worst. And something with my young boys since they've been young is something that I try to um, reinforce. Like we have to do better when it comes to images. You know, if I can, can I have one more thing? I don't want to oh, go slow. Sure. Oh no, sure. This, this happened with my young oldest son and it really was poignant to me. He's, he's getting homeschooled. I'm homeschooling him. He was in a program at that time, K-12, you know, just for the record, I'm not getting paid, for, you know, saying my K-12, but he was with K-12. And they had his teacher, and she was supposed to be teaching them about American Indians. It's about Cherokee Indians, Catawba Indians. And, you know, that's based in South Carolina history, real prominent. We so happen personally to have that lineage, Catawba and Cherokee lineage. The teacher goes and takes pictures of Plains Indians with teepees and, you know, with mm -hmm. war bonnets and hair, and takes all images, drawings, drawings of them, and puts those on her slides that she shows along with the, you know, with the stories about the Cherokee. Cherokees, their attire is not war bonnets. Um, Catawbas and Cherokees, they don't live in teachers, okay? Every Indian does not have the same attire, the same um, abode, you know what I'm saying? It's, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's the monolithic thing that the Indian has become. And it, it disappointed me that that happened, but I was able to go to my son and say, well, hey, I have these books. Let's look at these books right here. And I can show you actual Catawba Indians. You can see the actual Cherokee and the actual people. Because to me, it was a shame that the teacher wasn't able to do this. You get what I'm saying? But in her defense, that's probably what she was taught and what she learned. Because yeah. like we said, what was written written back in the back in those days 
probably had a hidden agenda. They wanted to make a certain race look better than mm -hmm. everyone else. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that you say that because my mom loves the Western. She grew up on the Western. She watches mm -hmm. the Western. She can tell you like the back of their hands. And one day I was visiting her and I was happening to look up and I saw Burt Reynolds as playing mm -hmm. an Indian, just like you were saying, he was playing an Indian. And there were some other stars that they made look like Indians instead of just having or hiring real Indians to play the role, they had them. So that it is that is so true. I also wanted to touch on what you said about passing. Of course, I love Finding Your Roots. That is, I, I love the show. Again, it's for entertainment purposes, but a lot of the stuff, you can learn so much from watching this particular show. Oh, and yeah. I was watching it and there was a particular star. Um, I think his name is Henry Gates Jr. Um, he finds celebrities and then he goes and he finds out about their past. Yeah. And there was one particular star and I don't remember who it was and come to find out one of her ancestors was passing for an Indian. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't understand why. And he was explaining to her why. And I thought about it. I said to myself, I'm sure back in the day, a lot of people passed for a whole <laughs> lot of different things, like Blacks passed for white so that they can, you know, stay mm -hmm. alive. I'm sure a lot of people passed for other things. So I just thought that was um, ironic that you mentioned that. And I remember seeing that on the show, but because of, I call it whitewashing and, you know, washing out all those different things because of that. Why do you think it is so important that we educate our kids? We, we ourselves and not leave it so much up to history or school and and those things that we sit down with them and we talk about it ourselves hey friends it's me miss v the storyteller did you know that i offer online classes and one-on-one -on -one consulting to help with branding and business owners to use the gift of storytelling to increase revenue and clients for more information, visit my website at MissVTheStoryteller at GoDaddySites.com. All right, friends, I'll see you in class or one-on-one. Bye. Because hmm. you're, you and your family is way, are way more invested than the school system, than the teachers in the school you know, you have some great teachers. You have some great schools, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, they're not as invested in who you are, where you come from. You know, um, if they're if they're teaching about blacks and whites, right, and, and this is the system that we've been indoctrinated into, right, those two terms, they denationalize groups of people. They disenfranchise groups of people. What they do is they prop up a system that is empowering a, a certain class, mm -hmm. okay? So it's like a, it's just like a new age caste system. You get what I'm saying? So for me, it's like, okay, who else can teach, who else can destruct, deconstruct that better? Or who else would be willing to deconstruct that? 
Would it be me or the school system? You get what I'm saying? Would it be me or the government? You get what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like that's where us as people, we have to take the onus when it comes to so many things. You know, it's, it's so many times it's like, well, when is the government going to come in and do this? When is this person going to come in and do this? And it's like, man, like, you know, we got a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a lot that we can yeah. come together and do as a group, as a whole. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I got you. Yeah, you know? I just think it's, it's for me, um, I think it's so important that we educate our children and um, nieces and nephews because I'm a storyteller. So I believe in the power of stories. I believe that when you share stories, it really connects you with your children. Your children, they get to know about you and their history. And I mm -hmm. think one of the things that we have to do as parents, as um, educators, is when we do talk to our children, we can tell them about our history, but tell it in a way that doesn't exude hate. Because mm -hmm. of course, we've all been through a whole lot of different things, the, even way, the way the world is right now. You know, sometimes you can feel a certain way because of something mm -hmm. that you saw in the media or whatever, but it's so important that we don't pour that into our children. We give them the facts. We give them what we know to be true, but mm -hmm. not out of to make them want to hate a particular group of people. Can I, yeah, I want to, to that point, th that's why we need to strip so much of the victimhood, mm -hmm. the victimization, pardon me, that's the word I wanted to use, the victimization that comes from these curriculums and things in school. You know, some people might not, I might not be popular with everybody what I'm about to say, but it's just, it's true. And it's true based on what I've learned. And, you know, when you hear some quote unquote white people and they come out and they say, man, you know, my family didn't own slaves. And you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Is, I know, I know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But you know what's crazy? It's, it's very true. A lot of these families, they didn't own no slaves. They didn't have no, they didn't have that power. They didn't have that ability. A lot of them were slaves. A lot of they folks were slaves. A lot of they family didn't get here until fresh off a boat in like the early 1900s. You see what I'm saying? Like they didn't really have nothing to do with it. So what happens is they start to wear a certain type of false bravado. There's a false bravado that comes from that. Oh, I enslaved your ancestors. I did. No, you didn't do nothing. See, like that got to get stripped away. So that when that gets stripped away now, it's like, well, who are you for real? You know what I'm saying? So it, it then you can really deal with a person without the the hate. You see what I'm saying? The hate comes from me thinking your ancestors enslaved my ancestors and all. And some of it is just not true. We got to understand there's, there's people that look like us, skin folk, that was enslaving other. You know what I'm saying? Remember, I took these folks in passing. And I can believe that, right? I, and, and I can believe that, again, going back to the show, there were some celebrities that were African-American who, that when they go back and trace their lineages, they were not slaves. They were not mm -hmm. enslaved. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I can probably believe that if I hadn't talked to you so much before when we had our mm -hmm. meet and greet, 
I might not agree, but I thought about some of the things that you share with um, share with me because uh, we talked for like almost an hour and a half, two hours. I had to get off because this man was still going on and on and on, y'all. I was like, listen, I got stuff to do. But anyway. <laughs> but I'm glad you checked but, out what I sent you. I'm glad you checked it I, out. But I, I can see, I can, I can probably see it because again, if we strip off what we've been taught and programmed to believe and we think okay. about the whole picture there were probably some people, some um, white people who didn't own slaves. They probably couldn't afford to own them, you know, no. and I, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that all classes of people could have easily been enslaved, just like the Europeans that came over that was indigent servants. They were slaves until they worked it off. So they were. So we don't want to forget and, and, about and all of them couldn't work it off because right. that's the part that they 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 would overextend their indentures. Their indentures would become lifetime indentures. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So again, that goes back to knowing your history and then sharing what you know, the true things about what you see and not allowing and just allowing like the school or mm -hmm. other people to educate your kids. And sometimes it just takes you, you sitting down and reading something and learning something yeah. like me. I'm learning, I'm trying to find out, I'm talking to people like you and my other guest. I talked to her about some things and, you know, I, I look at the show and I try to, you know, find out things and learn things about our history so that I'm able to share it in a way that can say, that can empower us and not make us feel less than. You know, you because we come from some amazing people. And if we and just take the time to learn and then share it, it will boost the kids that's coming up. They won't grow up in hate and disliking different races and all that. They will grow up in love and knowing who they are so that other people can't bring them down because they know whose they are. So yeah, oh, see so y'all know I'm loving this. I am just loving this. So as a father, how I mean, how important is it the the father role in the family to to their child? How important is that as far as you know helping our kids to know who they are? Because you know, mamas, you know, <laughs> we do a lot of the raising. Not saying that fathers don't, but. How important do you feel as a father raising two sons? It's, it's extremely important. Um, I didn't have my father around and available as much as I needed him and wanted him to be. He passed away. I was like 13, passed away on Father's Day. Um, he had complications with tuberculosis, right? But before he passed away, he started to get close to right. He started to get close to my life. He started coming around and trying to make a difference. And one thing he told me was that he regretted not being around when I was younger. And that was like one of the most powerful things he ever told me. So it's like him not being around, you can't get that back, which I learned a lot. And that's how I live my life. You know, like, man, those days, anytime I get with my boys, like I, I treasure it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Any father. I would expect the same. Mothers, you know, understand that this is important for fathers and for sons because what I'll say is that there's things that, you know, I'm not um, with my son's uh, mother now, but there's things that she just can't teach them. There's things she can't tell them. You know, there's things that they can only learn from me 
There's things that I'll only tolerate that, you know, her as a mother won't tolerate and that they have to go through as boys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I think, you know, we definitely live in a, a, a world where there's a lot of blurred lines. I'm not mm-hmm. here to offend anybody, but I think these blurred lines are very problematic. You know what I'm saying? Because it, 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 it what does that do for those who are trying to stand, you know, you know, who trying to stand flat-footed in, in what, who they are and, and you know, so who, who do they learn from, right? So they they need that that real masculine, you know, demeanor because I think it can't just get lost and everything is toxic masculinity, right? You know, everything is just horrible about being a man. Yeah, you know, even the women who, you know, got to, you know, certain places, they needed a strong man who, you know, had certain masculine characteristics so I, I i just think it is very important you know i might have got a little triggered some of my comment but it's just because i hear certain things when it comes to you know men and um you know just being a man with your with your sons you know what i'm saying and just like it, it, it seems like they're not it seems like it's not as appreciated as when i grew up you know i don't know if you, you feel that and see that well you know yeah saying, so. I, I agree with you um I, I agree with you to a certain extent because of the mm-hmm. way that women have been treated and some things that we've gone through sometimes mm-hmm. you know we do give a negative light on men but it's so important that we don't do that because mm-hmm. just because we've gone through something doesn't mean that all men are that way it could be just that one so you know i i, I agree with you as far as you know, I think it's so important that men, especially men that have boys, that you do share and that you do, I, I'm a storyteller, so I think you should share stories. Tell them about yourself. Mm-hmm. Tell them about the things that you've gone through and how you dealt with it, whether it was the right or the wrong way so that they mm-hmm. understand that you're not perfect. You're going to mess yeah. up and it helps them become better men. I think anyone who has children, if you have nieces, nephews, step mama, stepdaddy, whatever, you need to tell your kids, you need to share with them those stories so that they can learn about you and through learning about you, they're learning about their culture. They're learning about them as who they are. So I think it's just as important for men as it is for women. And anyone out there who has kids, sit down with your children and tell them about yourself. They need to know why you are the way you are. Because like when I called my auntie that day and I was like, why is mama like that? And she was honest with me and said that my mom was spoiled. That mm-hmm. shit, that was like, boom, like a light bulb that went off because it made sense. And when she was telling me some things, I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. Of you course. know, and then I told her, y'all need to stop it. She's grown now. She got children. Stop spoiling <laughs> her. <laughs> you know, but I did learn the things that I did learn. I learned from my aunties and I'm so grateful that they were open and honest enough to share with me. And so when my nieces and nephews, when people come out, I'll sit down and tell them stories all day long. They have this podcast. They can go and learn about auntie. And that's beautiful. It's an archive. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like a am leaving them behind. You know, they'll learn about their grandma. They're going to learn some things that they probably won't learn from their parents. 
And yeah. I am grateful that God gave me the gift to be a storyteller so that I can leave something behind so they can go. So that's what I'm telling you all. Parents, leave write a journal, you know, and leave mm -hmm. it for your kids, even if there's things that you don't want to tell them about because you're embarrassed. Write a journal, leave a journal so that they can go and they can, um, you know, learn themselves about their history. Yeah, I totally agree. I was going to add, because in the beginning, I left off so many things. Another thing, podcasters. So I do have a podcast, uh, Hot Almighty Podcast. And on that podcast, one of my by far favorite episodes we did was me. Um, unfortunately, my co-host, her mom, had passed away like that year before. But me um, and the, our producer, our mothers were both on the show and we interviewed them. And that was just like, fantastic you know what i'm saying it's like just hearing both of them tell their stories their perspectives you know um the show is about american indian food ways and culture and having them give that perspective from just you know a regular this is how we were raised and the things that we cooked in it it was like kind of second nature you know my mom prior to that she had wrote a memoir and <laughs> she shared that memoir with me and just to your point like you said there's so many things that might come out in that situation that wouldn't come out maybe in a conversation. And in that, for example, my mom mentioned growing up, going to powwows and things like that on a regular basis. She grew up, she was born in Long Island. So I mentioned like Shinnecocks and she was like near that area, Shinnecock, Uncle Chug, Puspatuck Indians out there in Long Island. And, you know, hearing that it, 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 and seeing, you know, when I read that, it was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't even... Like it made sense. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. You said that earlier. It made sense when she said it. Like, oh, this is what you did. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I love just hearing the stories. Like when I hear elders speak, ancestors, or mm -hmm. when I ancestors, pardon me, elders speak, and I sit at their feet, and I just love. I just quiet, man. I just want to hear so much. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So I feel yeah, the I same love. way. I wish my aunties were still here because there's things that I still would love to sit and talk to them about. But I did learn a lot from them when they were here. So I don't, you know, I don't have major regrets because I did take the time to sit down with them and they were open and honest with me and they shared. I love it because they had a sense of humor. And even when they did stuff that they shouldn't have done, you know, they would tell me, they was like, girl, don't you go and do that. Now, this is what happened to me. Don't you go and do it. So I love it. So listen, um, one of the things that I really want to appreciate you for doing is you're sharing the Indian, as we call Indian, part of it, because you don't hear a lot about that. You hear about the slavery. You hear about the whites versus the black. You know, we do hear about um, the people that came over, you know, on the ships and they came and, you know, decided to make life. See, like you said, the um, the Italians and all that, they all came over here, but we don't hear a lot about the Indians. So I really like that. So please tell us where, if someone's out there and they really interested in the Indian part of our history, where can they find you? And also tell them about your book, the book okay. that you have out, please tell them about your book and where we can find you. Um, if we want to, um, you know, dig a little bit deeper into yeah. the Indian Gotcha, totally. Um, I think one great place to go, and unfortunately, you know, this is a disclaimer because hackers, we all hate hackers. My Facebook account is hacked. My face. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> my, my Facebook account is hacked, but it's still running and it still has all my content. 
which I shared just like reams and reams and reams of content. It, it, it became an obsession of mine. And I even had to have people tell me like, oh, you should put watermarks on your stuff. <laughs> you should, because people just were taking all the information and they were monetizing it and going out there and doing it. You know, I, I didn't even care to turn it into a money thing. I was learning so much that I just wanted to share. And I just kind of like, so if you go to my Facebook, Damon Taylor, you go there, you'll see. You'll see the oh, copy of this book as my avatar because you might see some other Damon Taylor. In our there. family. Right? Oh, love in it. Family, right? In, in our family, Indigenous American Stories is the name of the book. So you'll see that um, book inside the avatar. But you can follow me there. Um, you can also go to author Damon Taylor on Instagram. And you can go to Damon Taylor on Clubhouse, okay, as well. If you go on Clubhouse, I'm often on there. I also have a lot of um, presentations that I've done on Clubhouse as well. So you can hear, have some audio content. Um, I'm, I'm reading documents, sometimes reading chapters of books, everything. So you, know, you can go through sometimes having debates with some people who are, you know, open to debate and open to learning. And sometimes they're not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, it's always entertaining, but you can find me there. Um, the book, the book. I, I definitely want to take time and go back to the book. Um, so, yeah, it's this is the first book that I've come out with this year. Um, we're working on a series. And oh, this awesome. book, is, yeah, this book is basically, uh, it came out of me doing a presentation for this organization called Destiny's Daughters of Promise, right? And I did a presentation about American Indian history to the um, young ladies who were in attendance. And um, the lady who I'm dating now, she um, works for that program and she also publishes books. So she happened to say one day, she was like, you know, a lot of people have been telling me, hey, you should write a book, you should write a book, add all this information. And she said, you should take that presentation and make a children's book out. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> That's what I should do. And this is what came out of it. So, you know, it's basically a, me telling my sons, our family stories and um, history and connecting it to the broader, um, you know, South, well, the East Coast American Indian, the Eastern Woodland, let's use that term, the Eastern Woodland American Indian um, story. So, again, as you see, if you look on the cover, I know some people can see what we got going on, but there's no TV. Well, there's some the people cover. that's just listening. So, y'all, y'all yeah, have to go over to uh, the YouTube channel and look at it. But I'm going to make sure it's in the, all the information is in the, um, the notes. And um, I think you also said Amazon has it as well for it's those people. Amazon. So it's on Amazon. And the name it's of the book is In Our Family, Indigenous American Stories. So awesome. So you guys, listen, you know, I try to help anyone that's out there um, promoting anything. But this would be a great book for you to get for someone for Christmas. And they can learn different things, not just, you know, what we see in the news, but this is something that we probably wouldn't have known to share with our children. So I think that's what we need to do is we need to support him and go out and buy the book, whether it's on Amazon, we'll go look for him on Facebook. So I'll make sure that information is there if you are curious. All right. Well, Damon, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you for educating you. us and giving us a different twist on our history. So we appreciate you and we're going to try to support you as best as we can. No, thank you so much. Honestly, 
It's been a pleasure. I've definitely enjoyed talking with you. Um, look forward to hearing about what surprises and, you know, discoveries you find looking up your family as you go along, you know. Um, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I look forward to coming back again with you. All right. Thank you. I am so excited that you took the time to listen. I pray that these stories or something we have said will make you think about your story and how it has impacted your life. If you like what you hear, please share. Don't keep a good thing to yourself. Subscribe and support. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at Miss V the Storyteller. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye.